Hello, everybody. You're back again for the Chi and Khalil show. We got Chisaraku. Oh, good God. It's Chi. <laughs> hey, sometimes you got to use your whole government name. Oh, you know my I mean? God. Yes. <laughs> and, and you got Khalil. Um, and today we got so many things we're going to talk about. Uh, we might yes. have to end up into about three full podcasts. Because, you know, okay. I'm, not, I'm not trying to listen to a whole hour and a half podcast. <laughs> and we know you're not either. So, Neither am I trying to talk for a whole hour, but go ahead. <laughs> all right. So, um... I guess first off, we got uh, she who will not be named, aka mm. carbon monoxide, uh, mm. aka you go ahead and say her name, so I'm not going to say it. Oh, you're going to put the onus on mm. me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, good God, Candace Owens. Yes, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, Candace Owens. Yeah. So carbon monoxide um, didn't receive enough hugs as a child, but anyways, um, everyone knows that her video is garbage. Like, and most people don't even want to bother talking about it because they're just so like much- me. <laughs> Um, so we're just going to go through kind of fallacies that people use in arguments um, when they don't have real things to talk about, right? Because uh, carbon monoxide uses all of them. So number one, and we'll actually go to the one that I'm kind of using right now. So you do like the ad hominem, right? So you're making right, exactly. crash, but it's not we're like, we're just basically making fun of her. Anyway, so like you're basically saying this person is not a reliable person you can't trust anything this person says because they're ugly uh toupee fiasco does this all the time too so like you know since someone is dumb or stupid like you know their argument's not valid so basically she's saying the argument of all black people is is just bad because we just have bad culture yeah can you imagine bad <laughs> culture okay keep going keep going yeah and like i mean we i mean we can talk about this now or we can talk about it later but basically she uses racism to claim that racism doesn't exist um, that is basically her main argument, and it's it's all kinds of cray. Um, Which is the fundamental basis for all whiteness ideology, a.k.a. white supremacy, a.k.a. racism. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like, hey, racism doesn't exist. Black people are just poor because they're stupid and lazy and criminals. <sighs> but no one in the United States thinks that about them. So there's no way that cops just go around thinking that they're criminals. It's just that they're all criminals. And we all know that to be true. Right. Right. <laughs> Ergo. Ergo. Really? Are you serious right now? Like, I, I don't know. Like when people talk like when speak like that, especially black people or people of color, but I'm going to focus on black people. I wonder like, is there no self-awareness? Is there no asking of the question, how does it look <laughs> that I, who look like all these people, <laughs> are saying this about my people? Well, I mean, about me. Well, we're okay. So we're magic, right? We are magic, but we're not perfect. So you imagine we're not living in a society as racist as the United States. You're going to internalize some of the racism. Right. And all of us have done it to different levels. Right. And you have to actively get rid of it like all the time. Yes. But some people just decolonization. Yeah. But some people just totally embrace it. And the thing is, is that for her, she gets a lot of validation for being the racist. Right. Mm. It it happens in every culture. And if if you actually look at like majority of white people, Mm -hmm. they do the same thing. Right. Because Mm -hmm. it helps them associate with the people in power. Right. It helps someone who's destitute in Kentucky think that they're in the a part of the power group when they're not. Right. Right. The the people in power created racism to separate the working class in the United States because before that race didn't didn't exist. Like race has only been around since like the colonies. And if you look at it, like if you look at what happened to the coal miners in West Virginia, um, 
the people in power don't really give a crap about the working class, no matter what color you are. They will treat you. Right. They will treat you like slaves, indentured servants, et cetera, as much as they can. Um, but anyway, so racism helps the lower class whites get a bigger piece of the crumbs and helps them think that they're in the the actual ruling class. So Candace and other, um, you know, like the old school house Negroes want to associate, you know, seriously, like you want to mm-hmm. associate with the power class, the people in power, the ruling class. So that's how you feel part of the ruling class. Um, right. So it's not like, you know, you, we should be so surprised. Like these people will always exist. Um, they yeah. exist in every single power structure. There's always the people um, who want to just associate themselves with the ruling class no matter um, how bizarre that is. And that's, that's, that's who carbon monoxide is. That's um, just, that's crazy that, okay. I'm in that. I, the, something you said though, um, uh, got me pulling out one of these books that I have It's called the history of white people. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you haven't gotten it for folks who are listening, it is a dense, but very interesting, fascinating, uh, review of the history of white people. And it's the, the title is, I think, intentionally provocative, like, you know, history of white people. Like, what is that? It goes into how white even became in uh, a thing, right. like how whiteness and white became a thing. And then how race became a thing. It's by a Princeton professor by the name of Nell Irvin Painter. If you can get your hands on a copy from your local library from whatever independent bookstore you um, go to, that is great because it literally, it outlines how race, how whiteness came into being and therefore how blackness came into being. Okay, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so getting back to carbon monoxide's argument. So let's go through like the straw man fallacy. So straw man fallacy is like your, and I I refer to, I I think it's better if we call it the stick man fallacy. Um, because, because it makes sense because most people don't really know what a straw man is, right? Yeah, right. That's true. I don't. <laughs> I, I had to like think about it all the time. Like I had to really concentrate. Exactly. Like, <laughs> but straw man is that the scarecrow in the Wizard of Oz? <laughs> <laughs> right, but a stick man is a better like explanation because it's it's arguing against an oversimplified or distorted version of your opponent's argument. So yeah, straw mm-hmm. man like a fake person, but so is a stick man. Right. Um, <laughs> so you're basically saying that like, you know, the black lives matter movement hates white people and hates all the police, right? Like every single police right. person. Right. So that's, right. that's a huge oversimplification of what we went over like earlier. Like we're just saying like, don't kill us in the fucking street. And yeah. when cops do that, you should prosecute them just like you prosecute every other individual in the States. Because when you have in your right. position of power, like the police are in, like you have yes. to be very, very careful that that power isn't abused um anyways um her whole argument is that you know all of us angry criminals just hate the police because we want to be criminals and smoke weed um (laughs) (laughs) okay like smoking weed is that bad i mean especially for medicinal purposes but you know what do i know i'm just a doctor (laughs) (laughs) well the other thing that's crazy is that we know that like criminalization of drugs and alcohol doesn't work. That's why we got rid of prohibition. Um, right. And right. we know that like, you know, the war on drugs that we've been like fighting for 60 years, like we're losing mm-hmm. all, mm-hmm. all it does is, uh, and what we're going to get to in a second, but 
it funds the criminal organizations, right? It's a yeah. way, it's the way yeah. that gangs make money. It's what yeah. they use to buy their automatic rifles with that they go on drive-by yeah. shootings with. It creates yeah. a lot of crime and violence. Um, right. And it doesn't actually decrease um, drug use. So it's, it's just, we're out here just wasting money, killing but, people but for no reason. You got calling you right now. <laughs> See, see, you need to say your, you need to say because your it's, time. Slow. it's like six o'clock in the morning. So Ain't nobody you, needs to call you. So, so you need to say your side of the computer, and you ain't you ain't my mama, and I don't even know what else I got to say about that. But yeah. Oh God. Uh, no, okay. what were you saying? No, but you're right. You're right. You're absolutely. You're absolutely oh. right. Look, the system was set up so that. Folks who are at the bottom stay at the bottom and they must find black market ways to survive. That's it. That's right. it. And then criminalize those black market ways and make and give purpose and reason to the dominating class's existence. Right. Right. And so that brings us to the red herring fallacy, mm-hmm. right? which uh, carbon monoxide brings up a whole bunch. Um, so she says like, oh, well, no one worries about black on black crime. So many levels of stupidity and stupidness and mm-hmm. uh, Cassidy in that. So number one, like we said, we want to get rid of the actual problems that are causing the, the poverty and actual funding the gangs in, in these cities that are causing the crime. Right. Mm-hmm. So one, we're actually doing things for those. And two, um, people usually commit crimes in their own neighborhoods so yep. since we live in a really segregated society, most crime that's committed is intraracial. So mm-hmm. most crime against white people is committed by white people. Most crime committed against Latinos is committed by Latinos, et cetera, et cetera, because our country is so racist that we're not allowed to live with people who don't li- look like us. Like, no, but seriously, I mean, they actually made policies to make it that way in the North and the South. Like, that's that's how it is. Um, and even to this day, like when um, under the Obama administration, when they actually investigated, like real estate agents still now won't take black people to white neighborhoods. Um, and actually having a black person live, move into a white neighborhood increases the the value of your homes because black people have to pay five to 10% more for the same house. Yeah. It's a tax. Yeah. It's the black tax. Remember, like, remember through medical school, we would talk about this. Like, I don't know if it was because we were living in the South or what, or you know, just the, the fact of existing, there's a black tax. Yeah. There's a, and, and, and we see it monetarily. We see it psychically. We see it physically. I mean, we're seeing it obviously physically and violently throughout the history of us being on this, in this nation. But like, it's ridiculous. I found um, I found a stat to go with what you were saying, just in case there were those who don't believe us. But it was the Department of um, Justice under the Obama administration's Bureau of Statistics that came out with a report that showed that the rate of white on white violent crime, right? Violent crime is four times the rate of black on white crime. So this idea, this myth <laughs> that somehow... The 12% of the population that make up black people is somehow terrorizing <laughs> the more than 60% of white people that exist in this country is a farce. It's the red herring you were talking about. It right. is it is magical thinking. 
it is magic. It's alternative reality. It's alternative facts. It's alternative universe. And it allows for this continued subjugation and oppression that like is just, it's mind boggling, literally mind boggling that the statistics that they're always asking for, they're always asking for stats. They're always asking for explanations. They're always asking why, but can you show that? Can you prove that? Yeah. And regardless of statistics, video evidence, anecdotal stories, personal experience, whole soliloquies created to discuss this issue, people like police officers and police chiefs, even here in New York City, will say, Racism doesn't exist in our department. Racism doesn't exist. And if it does, it might have been a one-off some years ago, but we got that guy. Are you kidding me? Like, I, it was, it was Tony. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this quote because I'm, I love Tony Morrison, also a fellow writer, um, who, who I miss dearly because I did want to visit her. She said it. The function, the very serious function of racism is distraction. And it keeps them from doing their work. It keeps us explaining over and over and over again our reason for being, our reason for existing, mm -hmm. our reason for standing up and saying enough. I don't want to be shot for going down the street. Right. I just, no, I just, enough with the mythology. It's time to base our existence in reality. Whew, I'm angry again. <laughs> <laughs> That, that ABWS will get you every time. We'll get you every time. Every time. I got reason. I got reason. <laughs> I got reason. Anyway, continue. <sighs> oh, all right. So, the, and, the, and the other thing, like, since we bring up the Department of Justice, when you actually look at the Department of Ju Justice statistics, um, mm -hmm. Black people and white people commit crimes at the same rates, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. up and down the board. Oh, but. So so it means that human beings are just human beings, regardless of their so-called race. <laughs> right. But when... I mean... No, but carbon monoxide um, brings up FBI statistics that only only count like arrests, right? Oh, no. Come on. Are you serious? Yeah. So, so anyways, oh so if you actually take the two statistics, they're both put out by the government. So the Department of Justice actually interviews people and finds out who actually commits crimes, right? And figures out and victims who are victims of crimes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you actually get right. a real number of how many crimes are committed in the United States, not just how many end up getting reported by the police and prosecuted by the police, right? <laughs> so right, at that point, you have an equal number, equal percentage of blacks and whites committing crimes, right? Um, right, the rates, but, yeah. But then if you actually look at who gets arrested and who gets prosecuted, and Come on now. who's in prison, um, mm. Blacks and Latinos are in prison and arrested and charged and get longer sentences, et cetera. So it's, 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 so it's amazing because she actually takes the statistics that prove that our system is systematically racist and mm -hmm. over, over polices, over charges, um, and keeps Black people in prison longer for the same crimes. And then some somehow like comes to the conclusion that black people are just lazy, stupid criminals because racism doesn't exist and they're in jail because we all just smoke weed. You got to ask the question, who, who hurt her? And I already know the answer because it's the same folks who hurt us <laughs> that you would turn against yourself in that way. But, like the, the, it's just, but mm. she's not turning against herself because she's making herself part of the ruling class in her head. 
in her head, yeah, in her head. she's yeah. one of them, right? Because the people that she's hanging out with are saying, like, you're not like those other colored people. You got it, right? Mm, that's the worst. Yeah. That is the worst. And, and then, there's so many of us who are in who have heard that all of our lives and right. and some of us have rightfully questioned it and not yeah. accepted that as as a compliment but as a backhanded um compliment or an insult let's just call it what it is an insult you're not like them well who is them who's that who well, you know people? ghetto <laughs> like what the hell does that mean yeah they don't they don't even uh, want to hear my black urban vernacular come out for that shit no. <laughs> right <laughs> Ave. no we had we had a whole class called african-american vernacular english at stanford like it was right. it was a legit thing it is a legit thing let me just say it because in the in the in the yay right we actually talk about right that. And also, like, yes. you don't even want to, because I can actually do the Black Urban Vernacular from Florida, because I went to college out there, oh my and all my boys from UF know, like, you know, especially <laughs> the ones from the bottom, because um, it's a special kind of Black Urban Vernacular out there. Like, it is! I, I was, that I, was I do confused. not understand. Yeah, I was confused. And also, like, when they're, they're trying to listen to E-40, right, they're like, what is this man saying, right? How do you not know what E-40 is saying? That's all I gotta know. <laughs> because he's from the yay, and like, you know, we... <laughs> Like, you know, like, you know, if he says, like, you good, like, you know, there's 10 different meanings of you good, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. You know, right. Yeah. <laughs> then, like, you know, I got the regular Oklahoma country, uh, mm-hmm. like a vernacular from my fam, right? Right. Shout right. out to my cousins in Oklahoma and Texas. Um, and, it's, and it's basically the same state, because mm-hmm. let you know. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I grew up in the yay, so I got that. So like yeah, mm-hmm. anyways. Um and then also from watching Top Boy, like I know what they say in, in London too. Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> Although I definitely couldn't pull out actually off talking and no. Okay, no, no, see so yeah, yes. No. As long as you have up front about that. <laughs> yeah. No, because what they yeah, that's some old special shit. But anyways, I don't even know how we got over here, but how did we get <laughs> This is what happens. Oh yeah, right. Um, but no, people sometimes about self hatred. Oh yeah. Well, no, people. Some people who know me from work, um, because at work I speak very standard American English, and that's what like my we actually kind of spoke in my house, except when my dad was talking to his relatives and Mm -hmm. um, I was hanging out with his relatives. But we, you know, I learned standard American English um, Mm -hmm. for most of my schooling. I went to predominantly white school until I went to high school, so I can speak standard American English. You know, like I've read a gazillion books. Yes, um, right. I and my vocabulary, like people, sometimes at work, people laugh at me about my vocabulary. Um, but it's, I'm like, I'm like, what are you talking about? That's normal. Like, <laughs> a normal word. <laughs> Astute is a normal word. <laughs> no, homonym, like homonym is normal, homonym. right? <laughs> if you're talking about, you know, like talk to text and your car is getting the wrong homonym. Oh, like, good grief. Right? Like, I'm not. I'm not the weird one. You're the weird one. No, you're the, the weirdo. Weird you're the weirdo. <laughs> but yeah, but then you know, if we get in a lift and I'm buzzed, and the lift driver is black, then I'm going to speak to him in regular black mm-hmm. or vernacular, and don't mm-hmm. don't be looking at me sideways, right? Because right. that's that's what it is. And the other thing is, is standard American English doesn't make you more intelligent, right? No. Mm-mm. So black or vernacular speaking it is only looked on negatively because it's associated with black people. But exactly. there's still grammar exactly. rules to it. Um, it's yep. just a different linguistic, you know, form of speech. Just like mm-hmm. we don't speak the Queen's English in the United States. Nope. Um, nope. It's because... In fact, I was, I was mocked because I spoke the Queen's English as a kid because that's all my parents knew. 
No, in America, you're not going to speak the code. I mean, legit, it took probably 15, 16 years before it was out of my system. But now I only recall, you know, if I want to be funny or if I'm just talking to a certain set of people. But yeah, no, you're 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 absolutely right. We we don't learn it. And uh, people are quick to tell you how you're supposed to talk in this country and yet, or how you're supposed to speak in this country. Yeah, you know? I didn't want to I didn't want to correct you, but I kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> but I did good, didn't I? <laughs> you did amazing. Muy bueno. Was that molto bene? Molto bene, sí. <laughs> Anyways. So before, anyway. we, before we go into the 10 languages that we speak. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> Between the two so of us. Anyways, anyways, the take home from carbon monoxide is don't listen to her because she's garbage. Um, mm-hmm. And someone needs to go give her a hug because... She's never going to be part of the ruling class. She's just going to be a pawn of the ruling class. Yeah, that's the thing. Like all of these, give her a hug, tell you, tell her that she is loved. And, and all of these other like random Trump supporters that are supposedly black or people of color. Like there's, there's a, a denial of self. There's a denial of self that just needs to be acknowledged and that's it. That's all I got to say. I'm not a therapist, so I'm not going to do anything more. But, you know, let's continue this episode on the next one. All right. Hold it down one time for the West Side. Peace.